Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Oh, and finally, <laughs> finally, we're talking about a musician that I care about, <laughs> not Taylor Swift. Mm. Yeah, it only the took joy. the only option being a horror film for me to, to to agree to this. So yes, yes. Our thanks goes out to Malignant and Candyman and um, any of the other movies that tried to make a difference this week. But Casey Musgraves uh, won the day. Casey Musgraves won the day. And uh, so she released a new album, Starcrossed, which was also a visual album. So <laughs> it, it was available to watch on Paramount+. Plus. However, she did release it in some theaters. And I was like, oh my gosh, so exciting. I'll definitely go see this in the theaters. <laughs> and the only theater in New York they were showing it at was the AMC in Times Square, which is well known for having bed bugs. Ew. I was like, absolutely not. Will not be a- attending. I've this been to that theater. Well, oh my watch gosh! Out. <laughs> watch <laughs> out! Laying in wait for six years. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I. You had recommended because your love for Casey is fairly recent, and you had recommended on this podcast "Golden Hour," which was her last album that came out. Yes in 2018 but you discovered it in 2019 is that the correct timeline i discovered it during the quarantine maybe i discovered casey musgraves during the pandemic so 2020 i guess oh okay (laughs) it's a recent Um, obsession yeah yeah (laughs) yeah you love fast and you love hard Mm -hmm. um i i tried listening my husband listened to the album in the car once while i was in it and i was like oh yeah this is fine like that's how I, that's like my vibe. And I admittedly am not like a huge, I'm not like a huge, what's the word? Like a foodie, but for music. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not that either. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I usually trend towards the top 40. I like my pop. I like my radio pop, especially obviously my love for Taylor Swift. Um, so Casey Musgraves was always someone who is more like country, more mellow, more of how you described it, a vibe, um, kind of the background music to your day to day is what I remember you talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so listening to this album, it was, it was an experience. I'm curious how it stacked up for you as a newfound stan. Yeah. So I, somebody or another recommended to me that I listened to golden hour during the pandemic at some point. And I, uh, you know, I like music. I'm not, I'm one of those people who like, when I find songs that I like, I just listen to them. And I, and I don't yet. You know, it's like, I know people who listen to, you know, like several, like four or five, six albums every Friday. They're like, oh, the new music that's coming out. I'm listening through it. I'm, you know, hearing this stuff. They just like know a broad variety of music. And I'm like, I would rather listen to the things that I already know that I like and find, (laughs) you know, a couple new songs every now and again, rather than like constantly be listening to all kinds of random things. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. But 
but sometimes I do, I like songs specifically, but then I also do really like when I find an artist whose vibe is something that I like to the extent that I can listen to the whole album. And it's like, I like all of the songs, but also I can just like put it on and just like, you know, kind of have a moment. I feel like, like Fleetwood Mac or the 1975 are, mm-hmm. or Haim mm-hmm. are those types of people for me. So I listened to Golden Hour and I was like, okay, yes, I love this. Like love the energy. It's such a chill album and sort of like it's slow, but it's very like hopeful. And I felt like it really worked for the pandemic in just like the mindset that I wanted to be in. And you could kind of like listen to it while you were working, while you were wandering around your, you know, six square foot bedroom and and feel like calm by it. And then after that, I went back and started listening to her older albums. So same trailer, different park as her first album. And that one's more... I think more country-ish, like a more standard country album. And then she has pageant material, which I also really like. That's much more upbeat and sort of like folksy kind of almost. Mm-hmm. All country though. And then Golden Hour is country, but much like slower and sort of more vibey. Um, and yeah, I really liked all of them. I've really been obsessed with her and sort of her Instagram and her vibe and the stuff that she posts I feel like she's she's kind of kooky a little bit which I like (laughs) it's a good energy she's very beautiful and very talented and she obviously like takes what she does seriously but I think she's also a stoner and also has like a little bit of a weird energy sometimes which I like and yeah she's been sort of like guest appearing on songs and releasing like one-off things here and there. But it was also well known that she was going through a divorce when she Mm -hmm. won the Grammy for album of the year for golden hour. She was like, I want to thank my husband Rustin. And (laughs) a lot of the songs on that album were about him. And so then when they got a divorce, everyone was sort of like, Oh gosh, like the divorce album is coming. Like, I hope that it's good. Right. And she really just like leaned into that because Starcrossed is a whole album like all about <laughs> divorce. It's not like it's not trying to hide anything or like yeah. skirt any corners. It's like divorce is the theme of this, <laughs> and we will be looking at it in fifteen different ways across these songs. Um Well, that's how she marketed it too. She was like Oh yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be a country singer if I didn't have one divorce under my belt. And she talked about how Starcrossed is like a story in three parts that's very Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think she did want a strong format to guide her uh, healing process. <laughs> it's very Romeo and Juliet. And there's a lot of nods to that. And the visual album has a lot of references to the Romeo plus Juliet, the Boz Lerman movie. So that's definitely a vibe that's all over the place as well. Yeah. So what do you want to give it a grade? I'm curious. How does it stack up? I feel I loved it. I love it so much. And I feel like it, it's hard because on one hand, all of her albums are similar, but on the other hand, I feel like they're all doing something that's very different. So right. I don't know like how I would grade it in comparison to the others, but I feel like it's very strong. And I already have tickets to go see her in concert, and I feel like this will be a great 
concert album. Hmm. Like I can see the sort of like the theming and the, you know, opening number. And I can just like picture how this is all going to go. So right. I'm excited about that. Um yeah, I really liked it. I think there's a bunch of strong songs that sort of stand by themselves. I also think the album as a whole works really well, like cohesively. It fits together. It doesn't seem like jumbled to me. Um, it's not. It's 15 songs, but they're, there's some of them that are pretty like short and kind mm. of like intro-y type things. So it's only like 40 some minutes long as a whole. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. I've listened through it a bunch of times and feel like it is a very strong effort. So here's my here's my question with this. Okay. I mean, I I understand. I'm not like hating on it. I think she I listening to it I multiple times I grew to appreciate like her style and whatever. It's just not always my cup of tea. And I feel like something that was frustrating is that I couldn't always <laughs> tell the songs apart. Like I feel like there's a lot that sounds similar is that just because of my untrained ear or did you run into the same problem because it seems like if I imagine a concert like this it's all just pretty like like it's pretty like monotone musically like yes there's a lot of um you know theatrical melodrama that she's built into the quote-unquote vibe but I feel like when you sit down and you listen to the songs themselves they're just kind of like a run-on sentence like I I think that was my frustration is sort of like, well, what is this like energy level she's bringing? Cause it feels very sleepy to me. I do. I feel like in general, it is. It, it's like when you meet people, it's like when you meet siblings uh-huh. and you, and you say like, Oh, they all look alike. Uh, or you're <laughs> like, Oh, how I can't tell the twins okay, apart. Yeah. And then the longer you know them, you're like, Oh, no, they, ab- they look absolutely nothing okay, alike. Like yeah, how yeah. could you ever, <laughs> that's how I feel about artists and their music in general. Like if I listen to a album that's like a rock album, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, all of these songs sound exactly the same, right. but I feel like that's just because I don't haven't spent that much time with them. Right. But then like the longer you spend with it, the more they differentiate from each other. Like I think golden hour also seems very similar, but now having listened to Golden Hour so much, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, no, this song is com- a completely different energy <laughs> than this other song. So, I can see that. Yeah, it's not she's it. She's not one of those people who, yeah, it's like, oh, she has a banger and then she has a, you know, something that has like a rap verse on it and then like right. a slower ballad and then a whatever. Like they're all sort of in the same wheelhouse, but there's definitely some that are like a little bit more peppy or have a little bit more edge or are you know sort of like inspired by different styles of music, I think. Like so, okay, two questions. First, are, are her shows like stadium shows? Because they feel like coffee house shows, right? Like it feels like you'd sit here, you'd like sit down the whole concert and you'd just like enjoy her vo- vocals. And like, <laughs> I didn't watch the VMA performance, which I guess I should have. But is she like bringing down the house? Is this like an event? Well, I've never <laughs> seen her in concert before, so I don't know. But I, yeah. I, I mean, also, I think that... I'm because I'm new to her. I'm right. a, a little unclear on the timeline of things. Mm. I think that she um was like her first she has not had a song that is a hit 
like right. across the radio. Her yeah, big, yeah. her only hits have been like country hits. Yes. And even then, I don't think that she's had like a ton of giant like singles. I think right. she's more of a like cult of personality slash people really like her albums. And I think that mainly what happened is golden hour won the grammy for album of the year which was sort of unexpected and then a bunch of people went and listened to it and were like oh actually we love this so i'm not sure like where in the albums or where in the touring cycle that sort of happened Mm -hmm. um because i think yeah i think she's much bigger now than she was when the when golden hour was released so i don't know kind of what her concert style was like previous to that it might have been like smaller venues i know that somebody said one of my friends went and saw her at like the beacon here Mm, in new york which is a lot more like theatery like sit down in your seat like like maybe you'd be standing but it's not like a mosh pity kind of stuff (laughs) where i'm going to see her in madison square garden so oh boy it's something yeah no i am i admittedly like I like my messy personal life sort of (laughs) right for the taking genre. You know, like I love Olivia Rodrigo's album, Dua Lipa, obviously Taylor Swift. Like I vibe with the messy, chaotic um, tension that comes when you're talking about your personal life. And so I guess what surprised me about this, and I think it was intentional, is that it is very like contained. Like, yes, it's vulnerable, but it feels very like, I'm trying to think of the right word. Like, it's not scripted. Like, I don't doubt her authenticity, but there's something very, like, polished about the presentation where she's letting us in, but it's sort of a, I think a reviewer called it a zoomed out look because it's not, like, in those, like, you don't get, like, those nasty breakup tracks. And even when she is leaning into the sort of, like, FU feelings, it's still very much, oh, well, there's a little nuance here that I can admit. And so I think that was interesting is because when you think of a divorce album, you do kind of think of this like mess and this angsty ridden (laughs) fest of like, oh, I'm sad or oh, screw you type of vibes. Whereas this, I think she made an interesting choice where she had a vision for like, oh, this is expected. I'm going to address it head on. Like literally the opening song is like, let's set the scene. And it becomes sort of this visual album, even without the video itself. Like it's very much chapter driven, contained, like neat bow on the end as in like, I'll probably talk about this relationship going forward, but there's the whole story. Like you're welcome. Let's move on type vibe. I wonder how much it's that and how much it is just her as a person. Yeah. She (laughs) seems very like chill. And like I said, she sells a lot of like pot related merch. (laughs) Like even if you watch the videos of her winning the Grammy, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like that famous gif of her being like, what? Like what is happening? Like she doesn't, she seems to me as someone who does not have as a strong and visceral of feelings <laughs> as someone like Taylor Swift or Olivia Rodrigo, right. where I'm not sure if you went through Casey's like most angry drafts of songs, you would get anything even close to, right. to feelings that Taylor Swift is feeling <laughs> decades after something has happened to her. So I'm, I'm kind of sh- like not sure that she has that mode like even Mm -hmm. even on songs like 
um, you know, cherry blossom or um, camera roll. These, like, obviously the relationship is gone and she's still able to sing these songs that are like most, that are sort of like longing for this, even though it's not there. There's not... There's not a lot of, um, it's more of like a melancholy sort of yeah. vibe toward the end of the relationship and less of like an angry one. Because, I mean, like even Breadwinner and Justified, I feel like are, are they're not getting to the mode that Olivia right, Rodrigo right. or Taylor Swift are in. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, so should we talk about the movie a little bit or? Yeah, let's talk about the movie. Because I did watch it. <laughs> I've never watched a visual album before. I've never been able to like oh, get really? into them. Yeah. I, I've i seen like clips obviously of Lemonade and um, Beyonce's stuff, but it's always been like, and I think I was able to process why I don't like him through this one because it's sort of like, it's like a movie, but it never fully commits. And so my brain keeps waiting for like a narrative to really unfold. And it's always just like a tease that's almost there, but then it's like, I don't know. It feels convenient by the end because it's just whatever songs they want. But I'm curious how you feel like this stacks up to other visual albums because I read that this one is more, it's less of a sequence of music videos and more cherry picking what clips she wanted. The... I understand what you're saying because usually the visual album, there's like some kind of narrative sort of, but it's also very artsy. And so it doesn't really follow a plot line, (laughs) which this one does too. I mean, it's like they're sort of in general, like, oh, she's like getting married and then she has her heart broken and whatever. Like that's the theme of the album. That's kind of what's going on in the video, but it's not like really that. Um, Like it's not like there's dialogue or anything in between really that much. Um, but yeah, I like the visual albums. Beyonce's or like Kanye West has done them. Um, I think they're interesting. Just the, they're, some of the songs are always more interesting than others in them. Right. But it's like you get costumes, you get dancing, you get um, different sets and settings and visual imagery. I think it's fun to kind of like watch all of that and just like get the vibes of the music. And especially if it's an album that you like already, it's like fun to just like listen to it and watch, you know, and eat chips or whatnot. Um, But yes, usually for visual albums, they are the full album. So Mm. it's like they're hitting all of the songs. I think Casey smartly determined that some of the el- that some of the songs here would be like more tricky to shoehorn into right. the kind of like visual narrative and so she plucked them out so i think maybe there's like 10 songs and of the 15 that are in here um and they're not necessarily like the best songs <laughs> they're just like the songs that work with the narrative that she is presenting the most um but i thought it was fun you can see kind of her like kooky personality a little bit. I think there's like a lot of weird characters that sort of filter in and out. It's uh, it's where Beyonce, you know, is very regal and ha- and the people who are making appearances are like Venus Williams. And it's like very serious. Casey has like average fashion blogger and Meg Stalter and Simone from drag race, like kind of more goofy type people. There's lots of fun costumes. Casey's always like beautiful in her fashion choices. So that's happening. Um, 
yeah, and it's a pretty simple sort of like narrative structure. They're filming in some cool locations. Eugene Levy shows up at one point and it's only again, like 40 some minutes. So I thought as a whole, this was good and fun enough. Yeah. It didn't feel like it necessarily added anything in the end for me. Um, but it was like, it, it, it was a nice production. Like it was, there was some very cool visuals and, um, I feel like you can take it or leave it. Like it doesn't, it feels like when you watch, when you listen to Lemonade, you kind of wanted the visual pieces, like it all added to this moment in time. Whereas I haven't seen as many people talk about the visual album of this album while they still do enjoy the album itself. I'm also not sure how many people watch the visual album of this because it was (laughs) on Paramount Plus, which I think most people don't have. And then Mm. also... And maybe this was different for you because you watched it on my account after I watched it. But like I got on there expecting for it to be like front and center and I had to like search it. It was not like on the top of the homepage on Paramount Plus. So I noticed that too. I'm not sure who like this was uh, like clearly there was a marketing (laughs) deal that was going on with Paramount and Casey. But like it's like if Amazon is putting Cinderella on the front of every website possible, you think they could have. You know, Paramount could have put something towards um, Casey Musgraves, but I guess. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what they were. I can't even remember (laughs) what they were marketing, but I was like, this is like not this. I've heard of this less. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're trying to make something happen. That's never going to happen. But that's Paramount Plus for you. Um, But yeah, I feel like if you've watched the movie, you have an idea of kind of the vibe. I don't know why we keep saying vibe, but. Maybe that's Casey Musgraves' whole shit. I think that's ve- – yes, I do. <laughs> like, I I think that's just sort of who she is as an artist. She's a yeah. vibey person. Her albums are very are, – are sort of ethereal in a way that is like a feeling, a concept, uh, an idea more than like specifics. Like Taylor yeah. Swift's album, because that's, you know, the other one that we've talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. They're they're not vibey. They're right. the songs are bringing different energies. They're bringing different levels. They're very much about like specifics. You have to listen to them. You have to be hunting through them for details. Um, they're yeah. not things that you like. Oh, I'm gonna put this on to like sort of like feel a certain way or like you wouldn't put it on in like the background at a party or something. Um, or like when you're getting up in the morning well, to like feel a certain it. way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, but even still, it's like, like if you put no, on yeah. like lover in the morning while you're getting ready, it's like, okay, well now you're like kind of feeling swoony. Oh, well now you're like enraged. Okay. Well now it's me. Okay. Well, you know, it's like you're whip zipping back and yeah, forth. Yeah, for sure. There's emotional whiplash in a lot of albums I like, but yes, which yes. is not necessarily bad, but it's, yeah, it's just a different energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this one was much more. I had it on and then I forgot I was listening to it, which I think isn't a negative. It was just like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be like processing these songs individually. So um, I'm curious to get your read on these. There are, like you said, 15, but a lot of them go by fast and um, and kind of feel more like well, uh, chapter it is, closers. It is interesting, though, because I feel like the newer Taylor albums, I think, are trying to do this more. Oh, interesting. Like, don't you feel like folklore is like... I feel like it's making an attempt to be something more like this. Uh, you mean like as in like a, a mellowed out version? Um, 
Well, because it's in, still very much all over the place, like story wise and character wise. And yes, but topic. like, it, like a vibe sort yeah, of. Yeah. It's more. It feels like with folklore, she was like, okay, we're doing a folk album. It needs to be like it has to be more akin where especially in the back half of that those albums <laughs> but like i think the songs are i think if you went back together. and listened to it you'd be like oh wait no there's a lot ha-. like she's very and it might be more true no even everywhere like there's surprise like and i'm not saying that i guess that was I'm there, saying there's, there's like, like that weird, weird song tonal. about like her dead grandpa yeah and then yeah, there's like there's... oh this person used to own my house <laughs> yeah. and then yeah, yeah. it's okay. very That's experimental true. sounds yes. and sort of like mm-hmm. she's in a genre but she's still like stretching it Yes, I guess it's tighter for her, but not really for (laughs) most people. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I, I was gonna make a guess at some of your favorites from this, based on absolutely nothing. Okay. (laughs) I really, I, I don't even know what your favorites off of Golden Hour were. I don't know your vibe at all. But I was gonna guess that your two favorite songs on this, in no particular order. And now I'm looking at them. I'm like, man, did I make a good guess? Um, I'm gonna say camera roll. And keep looking up. And I'm also going to say that your least favorite is uh, Gracias a la Vida. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Um, I feel like your two favorite are Breadwinner. Okay. That feels like it's... And um, Good Wife. Those feel like the closest to Taylor Swift that she's getting (laughs) on this album. That's how I'm gauging this. And then I feel like your least favorite is going to be something like maybe um, there is a light. Mm. You know, you just said that and I literally don't, I cannot think of this. I have notes, so I'll remember once we get to it, but I can't remember what that is off the top of my head. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Doesn't, (laughs) does that mean you really hate it? So I guess, yeah, I might have written down, hate this. Um, But yeah, uh, do you want to go song by song basically? Yeah, let's do it. So, like she she said that this is a three part album, so it's like the first five songs are apart, the second five songs are apart, the third five songs are apart, and it's basically in a structure of like the relationship is sort of good, or it's good and it's crumbling, but it's like we're still in it or remembering it, and then the second part is more of like the the kind of like blow up break up, and then the third part is trying to like get yourself back together after things have crumbled. Is that what you'd say? Yeah, no, thank you. I was wondering where the splits were. I was like, I was trying. Yes, that does make sense. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I think that at some point she released that. It's somewhere that it was like five, five and five. So the first song is Starcrossed, which is, it's not even like really a full song. It's more of just like an album opener, I feel like. Mm. It's like, I'm, we're going to set the scene. There's two lovers. It's very Romeo and Juliet because that's sort of how that play starts. And yeah, it's it's like fine. It's not something that you yeah. would, you know, listen to over and over again, I don't think. Yeah, she, yeah. It was an underwhelming start. I was a little worried, but she got better. So <laughs> it's also weird that that was the first song that she released in this album cycle, uh, which also that's interesting, too, because she didn't do a Taylor Swift where it's like, OK, you have 17 months beforehand. <laughs> she also didn't do like the surprise album drop. She sort of just said like, hey, in a couple weeks, this is coming out. And then in the trailer for the 
movie she released Starcrossed, but it's like the first track on the album. But again, yeah, it's like not really a single. She's not releasing it on the radio. So it was an interesting thing to put out there in the universe first from the album because it's not like something that's going to be an automatic hit or that people like. It's I think like it was I think it was kinda. very intentional in like yes. listen new fans like just so you're aware this is the you know vibe you're getting. I think it was like you might want a breakup album where I'm just pissing on this guy's name for the whole thing. But honestly, we both kind of it just didn't work out and it's sad that it didn't and I'm processing that and I'll feel bad, I'll feel good some days. But it just seemed to like set the tone um, set expectations. It was like, okay, like don't hold your breath for something nastier than what you're getting right now. Like it's going to be just chill. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So then we have song number two, which is good wife. Um, which yeah, it's I just did like this one. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, uh, silly. I liked what she did in the in the visual album where it's she goes to a training basically on how to be this 1950s sort of Stepford wife. And, um, and I like the story of it. It it feels very like she sings about like, Oh, um, please help me. You know, she describes it as like, it wasn't necessarily, she didn't write this before. Or she said, this isn't about the divorce. This was just like before that divorce, she was hoping that she could be a good wife. And so it's interesting because it does feel sort of tongue in cheek, but it also does feel sort of sincere where it's like, yeah, men can be stupid and kind of and kind of problematic, but like I still want to be here for them because this is my marriage and I'm going to be committed. <laughs> so I don't know how Rob will feel that I liked this song, but I did like this song. Well, yeah, because it does have an element of like, yeah, if you love the person and you're their wife, then like you want to be good at that. But then there's also a whole added element of like what being a good wife looks like in a sort of like dutiful, do the chores kind of (laughs) vibe. And she does a nice job, I think, of playing with those two things in the song. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of more. Yeah, it it, it picks up the pace a little bit more than the first the first Mm -hmm. track. Um, then we get to the third track, which is Cherry Blossom, which I also, I really liked this one a lot. Um, and this one isn't in the visual album, I think, cause it sort of like doesn't really fit very well. It's about like the kind of new stages of love or sort of like falling in love. And I don't know. It's like, yeah, an it's easy, like their kind of breezy cute. song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It just feels kind of like that. Isn't it fun to fall in love sort of vibe? where nothing really like special earth shattering happens, but it's just like, Oh, (laughs) I caught a vibe. Isn't that the TikTok song? I don't, is that a TikTok song? I don't know. Yeah, it is. Maybe. I'll send you some videos. Maybe I just, maybe I have, we have different, we have different algorithms. Incorrectly. (laughs) It's the Willow song, but we're getting sidetracked. Um, Cherry Blossom. Yeah. I feel like the problem we're going to run into in this track by track review is that I really do feel like a lot of these just sound the same. (laughs) They're, I mean, they're definitely not like as different as the, as like a Taylor Swift album is. Track number four is Simple Times, which I think is a flick fine song. It's about wanting to 
sort of go back to like your childhood and be like walking around a mall because that's so much easier than what you have to deal with as an adult, which is very relatable. Yes, I do remember this one because there's a lyric in there that's like being grown up kind of sucks. And I was like, yes, it does. (laughs) And I think it's not like mind blowing poetry right there. But I think she does manage to capture a feeling and that like sting of relatability pretty well in this song um and so I can see this one this being one that I turn back to because that that's just that's just life in a nutshell it's like yeah I I do kind of miss those simple times because this is much harder than I thought it would be (laughs) I also feel like this has big like future single potential Mm. like I feel like that they are eyeing this because the music video I think is the strongest of the set and it's also the one that doesn't really fit in with the rest of the music videos like it's the first one one? this is the one with all them them in the mall and they're like attacking the bridal store oh okay yeah 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 that was a good one good scene yeah it's like very funny and I could see this working as a, as like a radio song. Yeah. And I think the fact that they, that they did a video on it and that it has a bunch of celebrities in it and that it's easily like standalone enough that they could put it on, you know, MTV or whatever. Do you think the guest stars from the walk through the mall are the same in the masks in this scene? <laughs> or do you think they got stand-ins? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they got standard. Not because of anything, but because I think celebrities are expensive. So why would you why would you bother having them if they're masked? But but maybe they I, enjoyed hanging out. Well, and also that that seems like it's the fun scene to shoot because you get to run into a bridal <laughs> star with a bunch of like weird fake weapons and like knocked out mannequins and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but celebrities are busy, Matt. Okay. They're also not that big of celebrities. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that's fair. They're like TikTok stars and stuff. So <laughs> simple times. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get if this was a movie, and this is one of those ones where I'm sort of like, uh, what was the song again? This is like a it's, it's in the title, Matt. Well, yes. it, it's it's basically a ripoff of Miley Cyrus's slash Hannah Montana's. If this were a movie, you'd be here right now. Um it's a very classic vibe in in pop music especially i'm sure in country too where it's like man things didn't turn out as hunky dory as i thought they would like where is this like knight in shining armor where's our ride off into the sunset where is our our moment where all those red flags didn't amount to anything but this beautiful happily ever after so <laughs> i think katie perry also has a song that's called like something about oh i'm sure taylor swift has one uh Maybe she's, maybe it isn't Miley Cyrus. Maybe I got confused. It's old school Taylor. So not like the movies. That's that's Katy Perry's. (laughs) Okay. Katy Perry knows. Katy Perry's like, I I already get this. Um, Yeah. This song was like. Plagiarism. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's circling the same idea. I think this one had some of the lyrics I liked more um, where it is kind of more vulnerable feeling where she's like saying, um, like, am I the stone in your pocket or the face in your locket? Like, it's kind of this, like, I don't understand why we didn't work. I feel like it should have, we should have fallen back into place. If this were a movie, love would be enough. And I think that's like a really 
that is more the realistic version of divorce that most people face where it's not really, oh my gosh, I need out of here, this cheater, this liar, this whatever. It's more like, wow, this didn't pan out like I thought it would. And that's sad. And I'm like holding space to mourn that. And it's like, I don't know, it it felt kind of like more honest than, than some of the more, uh, it it felt more obvious, I guess, is maybe the word I'm looking for, which I liked. (laughs) Well, and that ends the first section of the album nicely and sort of this place where it's like okay this isn't working out like but why and then we move in justified as the lead track of part two which is also i think the lead single off the album which is i think a very good song yeah this is my this is my second favorite so (laughs) yeah and that like she's asking these she's sort of saying like her emotional responses in like both directions are like justified by the situation, which I thought was an interesting way to kind of look at it. Yeah. I really liked this. I think um, one of the lines I saw pulled through multiple of these album reviews I read was the healing doesn't happen in a straight line. And I think, um, I think, yeah, it's really another relatable idea of like, we want to have that clean cut, like, Oh, I'm angry. Oh, I'm betrayed. But it's more messy than that. And she can feel angry. She can feel sad. She can feel, you know, relieved. And it's all justified. And so this was, this beat out um, Breadwinner, but it was a close call. I I think I I liked this one more. I also really liked the music video for this Mm -hmm. of the, she's driving and it's like different outfits, different seasons, different like things going out on the car or outside of the car. And at first it's sort of just like one screen or two split screens. But then as you're going, it's like all of these different split screens, which really I think does a good job visualizing what she's saying that, yeah, it's not a straight line. Like you're feeling all of these different kinds of emotions and they're popping up at different times and in different ways. And you can't like really be, uh, you can't like expect what's going to happen because you're just like feel stuff differently sometimes as you go through these processes. Yeah. And um I I liked that it, it felt like paying homage almost to the scene in <laughs> Wait, is it breaking no, is what's the second Twilight eclipse? Oh, um no, uh New Moon. New Moon <laughs> New Moon. Yes, the one where She's the camera sitting, spins yeah, around her. Yeah, that's the vibe I was getting. Honestly, that's a good scene, I will yeah. say. <laughs> So she too rewatched Twilight recently and was like, "Oh yeah, I know what's she going like, on this in her is head." The perfect visual representation <laughs> yeah. of depression. Yeah. Um, and then we get to what I think is maybe my least favorite of the album. I yeah, I did I not like, like this song either. Oh, yeah, okay, it, good. <laughs> it's a it's almost like a non-song. This yeah, yes. this is my least favorite too, and. It's like I've listened to the album through multiple times and it's still the song that I just like, I can't remember it when it comes on. I'm like, uh, yeah. it doesn't really feel like it's going anywhere. I also um, feel like the visual piece, it felt like a cheat where they spend all this time getting her dressed in her angel outfit and then she like takes it off really fast. And I was like, why did they put you in that if you were just going to throw it in your trunk? You know? <laughs> well, she's also... <laughs> She's also, it's, uh, they don't play the whole song in the visual album yes. either. It's like, it's only like a snippet. I'm like, okay, girlfriend, like, what was that for? Um, 
but I guess it was because she... But did you want the whole song? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's an interesting concept, this idea of like, if if I was an angel, if I was perfect, then you would have stayed with me, which is like, well, duh, I guess. But it's also like, um, you know, screw Rustin for thinking that's what he deserved. <laughs> but it just didn't like find its emotional punch for me. I didn't like... I didn't capture what she was aiming for. Like, it didn't feel like it totally landed. Like, I don't know. It almost feels a little bit like she wanted to do the structure of the five, five, and five. Yeah. And then she didn't have a fifth good song for part two. <laughs> and I think the all the rest of the songs in part two are really strong. And so yeah. there's just this one in there that's like kind of, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fill, a filler for sure. Because um, then there's Breadwinner, which I think is a lot of people's favorites probably because it is her most salty um she shows the most (laughs) angst or emotion here uh kind of singing about feeling like he he changed like he's like he wanted something then turned out he didn't he couldn't handle it it had big gaslighter vibes from yes. the Dixie Chicks for me. That's what I kept thinking. Yeah, it's about like how he said that he was like fine with her being more successful, but then like when push came to shove, he like didn't want her to be more successful. But here's the thing that I was trying to figure out in this process. Like, so they met in 2016. They met in 2016 in May, or they met in 2016. They started dating in May. They got engaged in December. They got married the next October, October 2017. But obviously Golden Hour is not out yet because she wrote part of Golden Hour about him. So I'm, I wonder like how much of this, like the fame sort of Mm. took a toll on because like you could see how he meets her like she's a mild like a mildly successful country singer but he's also like a country singer songwriter person and how like that level of equals like works in the relationship but then once she becomes like massively successful how that then rubs him in a way that then starts causing issues yeah no men are just children like 80 percent of the time so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it felt like uh, I listened to this and I was like, wow, he deserves more of a kiss off. Like I need, I need more from you, Casey, but I appreciate her mature nuanced approach to divorce. I appreciate it. But like hearing this song, I'm like, does he deserve it? I frankly don't think so. You know, what is his breakup album going to be like? Cause I don't think he'll be as gentle. <laughs> um, but I feel like this is also more catchy and kind of more, um, uh, like it veers into a more genre like sound yes. so it's it's more memorable sonically even and i like the i mean he wants you to shimmer to make him feel bigger until he starts feeling insecure like <laughs> yes sing it girl like i just i loved it yeah this one has more of a poppy energy to it it's weird because before this album came out there was like a rumor that she was going to be that this was going to be a, more of a pop album and less of a country album, which like listening to it, I don't really think is the case. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> um, 
but I feel like that this is one of these songs that is more poppy if that's what you're yeah. looking for. I mean, I guess like that's the tough thing is I wouldn't I wouldn't call this country. I haven't listened to country in a long time. So maybe I'm I'm too close to the Leanne Rhymes like Martina McBride feel of country and it's changed a lot, but this is more like synthetic. There's a lot of like uh reverb going on so i don't know maybe it is like a new a new country pop something that i'm not familiar with yeah and it's more like chill it's just like yeehaw than country music is normally. yeah i don't know yes it's strange um but she's definitely still got the twang going on in, in all of it so <laughs> yeah. well then we get into a uh, camera roll um was i right is this your favorite this was not my favorite. This is one of my favorites. I do really like it, but it's not my favorite, unfortunately. Okay, okay. That's okay. Um, but I thought this this song in the people on Twitter and Instagram that I follow, this seemed to be a very popular one. A lot of people were like, oh my gosh, like yeah. crying listening to camera roll. Because it's all about <laughs> looking at the cam looking at pictures of like vacations and stuff of from your relationship and only remembering the good parts and not remembering the bad parts or yeah. and sort of how you have to like kind of separate from those like idealized memories because they're not real. Yeah. It it it's like this is the problem I was having with Casey is like I think she has some really interesting themes and ideas, but they don't like really follow through on the the punch for me. And I feel like this song was a perfect example where I do really like the idea of this and that and that sort of emotional rawness of feeling like you're scrolling too far back and then suddenly you see like, oh wait, ugh, I'd forgotten this and now I'm like feeling it again. But it just like it never felt like she fully leaned into the emotion of it, and I'm I'm understanding that I'm just not I'm I'm operating a much more um, extreme emotion, like a lack of emotional regulation is sort of my bread and butter. <laughs> Whereas she seems to have a better handle on things, so like good for her, happy for her. But it just meant that this song didn't carry as much of a wallop as I would have I would have appreciated. There was. I can't remember. There was some kind of book that I remember reading or like looking at in a bookstore that paired like pictures of um, celebrities and stuff with like famous literary quotes. And there was one (laughs) that was a picture of Taylor Swift and it was some line from a Joan Didion book that was like, and more like more strongly than anything, she was just someone who felt things. Yeah. And and I I feel like I always just think of that when I think of Taylor Swift. It's like <laughs> she just feels things stronger than everyone else. So like yeah. these tiny things feel like so, something that's so big. Yeah. And I am someone who like does not <laughs> feel things enough probably. And so sometimes with, with Taylor Swift, I'm like, ma'am this is not like like, you just gotta get over it and move on that we've come to the heart of it place but i feel like that that casey musgraves is probably more on my level of like look we got a divorce it was bad but also there was some good things in it like we gotta remember it like some melancholy sprinkle but it's not like uh, i hate you and i need (laughs) you to leave which is much more of a taylor swift look at that we figured it out i I really feel like we accomplished something in this therapy hour so you have too many feelings that's (laughs) what we're learning um and then the last song in this chapter is easier said 
And this was my favorite song on that. Oh, album. really? Because I was going to say I forgot about it until right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved this one. I don't, just like the beat and the just like the music of it I really really liked mm. and then the whole premise of like the love and relationships and getting into them and getting out of them like it seems so easy when it's like in movies and depicted and when you're talking about it but then it's like every single step is so agonizing like when you're actually doing it I liked that concept as well so this one just like all came together for me that's fair I can appreciate that yeah and that's the end of part two And then we move into part three, which is the sort of like, we're getting better, things are looking up, like we're, uh, we're moving on kind (laughs) of uh, space. But it starts with hookup scene, which is sort of a weird song that I I didn't love. Yeah. About like, okay, like, yes, you're having sex with these people, but it's like not really fulfilling. It's like, okay, sure. She's like, hold on to what you... Hold on. If you've got someone to love and you've almost given up, hold on. It's like, yeah. okay, okay, man. Like, this, you're like that friend who's like, oh, man. It's just like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Like, it's like, we gotta, you know? I felt like the the first two parts of the album, I feel like in general, are very strong from like, aside from like one or two songs that I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. The third part of the album, I feel like, is not at the same level as the first two. I think the first hookup scene is kind of like a whatever song, and I'm not even sure it really like fits here exactly. Um, And then keep looking up. (laughs) I liked fine, but it's also one of those songs that's just sort of the same phrase, like repeated over and over and over again, and is not really doing that much for me. I mean, like, I don't mind, I don't hate the vibe of it. Like, it's not something that I would skip, but I'm also like, what is special here? Yeah, this whole tale end just makes me think it was more about the format than the feelings, because I feel like she was forced to kind of wrap it up. And I don't know if she's done feeling you know her part two moment and I I mean that's fine like she doesn't need to be fully healed or whatever but it just made these songs feel less and less authentic well they're less complex yeah I think the first two sections are more complex and the last section is more straightforward in its like platitudes and it's less um, interesting because then yeah because then we get what doesn't kill me which is also sort of like a like what doesn't kill me makes me stronger like I'm gonna come back I'm like here I'm back at it again and I really liked this song and I like like the musically but lyrically again not as interesting yeah it's like that it's like meant to be a fight song like a hoorah anthem and it's just like okay I think it too is built around that line. I've been to hell and back, golden hour, faded black. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, okay, Casey, we get it. <laughs> golden hour. <laughs> like you, yes, like you have, but also, uh, but also, I just, I don't know if like what doesn't kill me is her vibe. Like, I think her vibe mm. is this more like sweet, melancholy. I saw, I think that some of these, uh, you know, like, like keep looking up and what doesn't kill me 
are kind of trying to do the same thing that like Rainbow does on Golden Hour, which is an amazing song. But Rainbow was much more like sad and kind of like melancholy and complex. I think that she's better at feeling these sort of like either sweet things or kind of like mixed things. I'm not sure she's good at at writing <laughs> songs that are like, and I'm back on Look top. At me. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where Taylor Swift loves a, like, <laughs> I'm crushing the haters, like, blah, blah, blah moment. Yeah. So, um, There's a Light. That's your that's your final favorite? or uh... I liked There is a Light. It, it, the, what, for whatever reason, the background of it has, like, a Call Me By Your Name score mm. sort of energy to it. But then it's also got, like, a Spanish kind of vibe. <laughs> I don't know. The song, it's, the like, again, the lyrics, mm-hmm. not that complex, but the yeah. vibe of it, I liked. I could have written this song because it's, it's just that line. It's just, yeah. there's a light mm-hmm. inside of me. Uh but That's the it. energy there is, <laughs> is good. I guess. Let me get to the part in the movie and the album where I'm just like, what's happening? And it's a cover. Um, yes, I was also confused by this. Yeah, she said, it's Gracias a la Vida. Um, and someone asked her why. And she said, oh, well, I I grew up in Texas. I've been around Spanish speakers my whole life. I just really respect the language. I think it's gorgeous. So as a fan... I've been taking lessons for several years, but I heard this song and I knew I had to record it for this. <laughs> so she uh, she caught a vibe and uh, wanted to share. I I think it was weird. I do. Uh, I was I was trying to think through this thought process in my mind. Okay. Because I was like, my gut reaction is like, oh, cringe! Like white person singing Spanish song. Like, no, don't like this. Um. Like, is this racist? Is this right. like culturally appropriate? Like, I, I, it does not feel like correct for me. Yeah. But then I was thinking, and I'm like, okay, but like, people, like, people sing in other languages that they don't necessarily speak all the time in sort of like the opera. Like, if you're mm-hmm. singing in French, you're singing in Italian. Like, what? And that doesn't. Yeah, yeah, seem weird. And then I was like, and Spanish like is also technically like an old European language. So it's like obviously in or like in my mind, sort of. I'm like, oh well, she like stole this from some like Mexican woman, um, who like she knew in Texas or what. You know, it's like that's kind of like the vibe that I'm immediately thinking. But it's like, okay, it's I guess it's not that strange that she's singing a song in Spanish. But it is weird that it's ending the album yeah. and that it's only in Spanish and that it's like half the other lady singing and then half her singing it. And yeah, and then there's not really like a point to it other than the fact that she just like likes Spanish and thinks it's beautiful and likes this song and like wanted to sing it. I I was a little like, I don't understand this. Like, this feels like Spacey Casey just kind of like doing what she wants to do. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was problematic. It was more just like a head scratching. Like, what, what are you attempting here? Like, what is this? Like, I think there's more annoying instances where people are like, like Justin Bieber or someone is like trying, is trying something he clearly has no interest in. Um, and it feels really like, you know, just whatever. This is more just like, huh, I just don't know what 
why? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But happy for her. You know, she she liked the song. And to her credit, she's made sure to talk about how it's, a, you know, a cover and like the original artist and the, the original cover she heard. And so. I don't I don't necessarily feel like it's problematic, but I guess I'm not the one to speak on that anyway, so Yeah, I mean and I'm not I'm not sure that it is either. And it feels like she is a socially conscious enough person from following her on Instagram that if it was like I, I feel like if someone was like, Hey Casey, like probably should do this, <laughs> she would be like, Okay, yeah, I won't. Um It just yeah, it was a weird wrap up. I don't know what it was meant to do or establish or say i think it meant something to her and so she shared it with her fans and listeners um but yeah it like most albums it petered off in the end yeah the the sticking the landing on an album is uh is hard to do and the and i feel like the only people who really like do it as people who just purposely put a really good song is the last song yeah but then you have the weird thing where it sort of like peters off and then it's like bam i'm back at the end <laughs> and you're like oh okay and so when you're listening to them you have to skip through four songs before you finally get to a song uh, yeah. that should have been like the third track on the album after all <laughs> um so yeah i liked this as a whole and also i think that for sort of a vibe album even though the back half is not like particularly as strong that it like it all still fits together sonically like you can listen to the whole thing and not have it be weird yeah as a like as a neutral listener I was not offended or annoyed by anything in this so it was it wasn't a favorite but I'm not mad I'm not mad we talked about it We've done a Perfect. lot worse things on this show. So. Oh yeah! Oh yes! <laughs> this is far oh, from yes, that. <laughs> we have. Mm-hmm. I know, and uh, thank goodness for Casey throwing us this bone, or otherwise, who knows what we might have been talking about this week. Yeah, yeah. and I feel Could like have been we really that. did. Melissa McCarthy, um, uh, Octavia Spencer, weird superhero movie again. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I learned more about you, and that's what that's what really counts in this podcast. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is mostly a podcast about us just getting to know each other slowly (laughs) but surely. Yeah. And uh, what are we covering next week? Oh, the Emmys. So the Emmys. Built in. Built in success there. (laughs) Yes. We're ready to go. And then we have the Emmys episodes and then I'll be gone for two weeks to Europe. So So I'll be doing whatever I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. Have a guest on if you want to. (laughs) Talk by yourself if you want to. Take two weeks off to just hang out with Rob if you want. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Well, if you want more content in the meantime, um, we have our Patreon uh, where you can support us and also get a couple bonus episodes a month. One featuring me rambling about anything Taylor Swift specific. For instance, this month I've done a deep dive on Tom Hiddleston, which is truly some of my favorite work and um and we'll be doing a bonus episode before matt leaves which this serves as a reminder to both of us and i yes. will mm-hmm. text you to figure that out but <laughs> okay but in the meantime you can also follow us on social media we're at psu wrong on instagram twitter and you can shoot us an email at psu wrong at gmail.com okay perfect and we'll see you guys next week bye everybody <laughs>